Our church theme in 2020 is B. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. The best B command is found in Psalms 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. In this series, we want to do just that. Be still and get to know God in a deeper way by looking into the richness contained in some of his names. Take a deep breath. Slow down and join us in this journey. We hope you enjoy. There's a lot of stuff going on within our souls, amen? There's a lot of things that could cause us to not want to say that as a truth for us. And yet that is true. It is well with my soul. That's where God wants us to be, amen? So uh, I had to suffer for Jesus this week. Where's the sympathy? Oh, yeah. Remember, sarcasm is a spiritual gift at this church. Don't check it. But uh, yeah, the men went on a uh, golf retreat this week. So there's 20 of, 28 of us from the church that went down to Palm Springs, suffered in the sun, played golf, ate, 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 and played golf. And uh, it was good. But I, I do want to say this. Um, like literally, West Valley, we are on the spectrum of golf. So on Friday, we do this little tournament. We, the best score was 77. That's legit, right? That's like five strokes over. Um, and then um, we had someone shoot 136. So, I mean, we had everything in between. So the only reason I share that is, man, I'd love to have you put that on your radar. If you're a man, to go on our golf retreat, because it's just a good time of fellowship, hanging out, and you get to know some of the stories of the men from the church. So, yes, we just, uh, we just got back from that, so that's fun. Um, can, I, can I do a lighthearted survey? Is that okay? Yeah? Cavarettas or dance subs? Which one? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with those. But here's, here, here's what I want to do. And just, let, just raise your hand loud and proud. Just lay, raise your hand loud and proud. No judgment. No judgment. Okay? So it's time to go to bed. You lay your head on the pillow. Are you a, I've got to have the TV on or a radio playing person? Raise your hand. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why, you know, first service, there's just a few of you. Second service, <laughs> a lot more, all right? I, I, just so you know, Pastor Rob, raise my hand. I, I, I just have, I, I fall asleep to, to usually um, divers, diners, and dash, or whatever that's called. And, I'm, I'm always hungry this service. I'm sorry. When you get in your car after service, are you, is your radio blaring automatically? Or if it's not, do you automatically have to turn on your radio? Raise your hand. Dodgers, I like that. <laughs> Let me see that again. Raise your hand. Wow, you're totally different than first service. All right, so you're at the beach. You're at the beach. You've got the beautiful waves. You've got the dolphins. You've got everything going. Can you just sit there and enjoy what you see and hear? Or do you have to have a book in your hand or music blaring? Or do you have to be doing paddle ball with somebody? Can you could just raise your hand if you could just sit there and enjoy what you see? Ah, all right, all right, good. So you kind of know where I'm going, don't you? Because look at our brand new series. Our brand new series is what? Be still. I want to hear you say that with me. Be still. Take a deep breath. Let's say it again. Be still. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you really struggle with being still? Because today... We live in a world that likes to keep us busy. Now, we've always had that, but I think especially today, 
we could fill our schedules with all kinds of craziness. I know. I was meeting with a young couple that goes to our church, and they have uh, little ones that are now starting to play sports. You know that sports was Pastor Rob's God, right, before I became a Christian. I still love sports, but I've also coached for over 20 years, and I say, like, this couple's got an eight-year-old daughter, and they're talking about how she's playing softball four days a week. And um, again, no, I mean, you, you do what you need to do, but I was like, that's kind of a lot for an eight-year-old girl. And she goes, oh, no, you should see all the other kids. There's some of them are playing seven days a week. And, and that's kind of the mentality I think we do with whatever, you know, gymnastics or art class or music or whatever. And again, I'm not here, I'm not here to judge you on if you do that or not. That's what you, you need to do. But part of me just, not part of me, I say this all the time to parents, let your kids be kids. You know, don't pack their schedule so crazy that they don't know what it's like just to play out in the front yard. Okay? Now, what happens is then we grow up and we do the same thing with our schedules, right? And we almost glory in our busyness. I see some heads bobbing in there. So this series, what I, I, I need, I need this series, by the way, okay? I just want us to learn how to be still. And I get to speak into that a little bit here today. Let's pray. Father, uh, what a big task, a big task for me in my own life to learn how to just be still and know that you're God. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, this message would penetrate our hearts and our minds. May I be as bold to ask that for those that are in this room and those that are listening online, that this could be life-changing. Help us, again, to be still and know you are God. And all God's people said, so I want to do something I don't think I've done in 30 years of preaching. Maybe, maybe once or twice, but I don't think so. Well, I just did it last service, so I guess. <laughs> will you stand, please? And will you grab your Bible? And I know most of you have a Bible app. That's great. Pastor Rob, I, I don't see me ever coming into the pulpit without the book in my hand. And I'm not anti the technology, but I want us, and they used to do this in uh, churches back in the day. We're going to read God's Word standing together. And we're going to do it together. Psalms 46. And if you don't have it in your hands, you can see it up on the screen. Psalms 46. Psalms 46, starting in verse 1. Are you ready, church? Loud and proud. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roam and foam, foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. And all God's people said? Amen. Let's keep going. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. 
He lifts the voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. Keep going. all God's people said. You may be seated. Those of you that are at home and those of you in the front row, can you see this? My hair is just standing on end. It is so beautiful to hear God's people share God's word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, our theme this year is be. And 1 Corinthians is our theme. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. And I've said it. The world is telling us how to be. They're telling us how to think. They're telling us how to vote. They're telling us how to feel. They're telling us what to say, what not to say. And I could get real specific on some stuff, but I'm not going to go there. But I'm going to say this. It is time for us to hear what God wants us to be and not what the world wants us to be. And you've heard me say this over and over again throughout this, this whole series and this whole year, and we're going to have to keep hearing it because we have amnesia when it comes to it, right? Because we come here and we hear God's word, and then we go out there and we just get pounded and bombarded over and over again with what I would say most of the time is anti this. And that's okay. You know, we're in the world, but not of the world. And so we've looked at all sorts of passages throughout scripture this year that tell us how to be, how to act, think, talk, live. And we just finished an eight-week series Looking at the be what? Attitudes. Oh, good. Some of you were listening. The be attitudes. And we learned about being meek. And we, we, we learned uh, about being poor in spirit. We learned all these wonderful things. But here's a passage that, that I share a lot. And you know who I share it with? Me. Because I always need to be reminded of what we just read. The passage the whole thing was amazing, but tucked right there in the middle of it says, be still and know I am God. It's anti-cultural. It, it, it says just the opposite of what our world would say. Keep going, keep pushing, go harder, go stronger, go faster. And yet David says, be still and know I am God is what is important. You're taking notes, write this down. God is. God is. This is so important for all of us to hear. If you weren't here last week, I did a standalone message, and it was one of those things where we watched a clip from 9-11, and I stood before you and said, how did we get here? And I was bold enough to even tell you that I think I had the answer. And we went back to Deuteronomy and we learned about what uh, God was saying uh, through Moses to the God's chosen people who were very cyclical in their relationship with God. They're walking with God. They're blessed by God. They're set free by God. Then they get complacent and then they start complaining and they start turning their back from God. And then God sends a message to them again and then they shape up for a minute and then they get back into disobedience. It's very cyclical. None of us would know what that is, right? 
Because we just go straight with God. But the truth is, most of us know what it's like to be in obedience, to be walking with God, and then not, right? And then, and then Deuteronomy says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And it talked about impressing these words onto your children's hearts. But then we fast forward to Matthew chapter 22, which we talk about all the time. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So that message continues on. The most important thing you and I could ever be a part of is loving God. And then in addition to that is loving people. But I said this, how do you love God? And I want to answer that in this little section of the message. You got to get to know him. You got to get to know him. So I, I've, got, uh, I've got a friend right here, Mr. Jeff Rice, and Jeff and I met because of baseball, and I coached his kid, Josh, right there. I think you're like five years old, six years old, something like that. COVID, brain. I, get, I get, keep using that as an excuse for me. It's official, by the way. It's called COVID fog. But we, we coached, right? So we got to know each other, Jeff, right? Because we spent time together. And I got to know your wonderful wife, Crystal, and uh, Jacob, your other son. And, and over the years, you know, eventually you started coming to the church. And we, 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 we got to know each other because we spent time. Now Jeff and I are coaching again together. So we're going to get to know more about each other. Do you see the theme there? Time. Lisa, right over here. If I want to get to know Lisa, she's in my life group. We talk over many years. We've gotten to know because of prayer requests and, and shared life and your, your son and daughter going to the school, right? And time has allowed us to have relationship, right? Jordan and Tasia over here who are getting married in like, oh gosh, countdown, two weeks. Ah, two weeks. We've been doing premarital counseling for like five years. No, but, but, but we've gotten really to know each other, right? Because we've invested a lot of time. It's no different with God. To know God, you got to hang out with him, right? To know God, you got to hang out with him. So this God, God is part. I, I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, Psalms 46 is so amazing. It gives us two things about God that, that stick out right in the very beginning that are so amazing that you and I need to know about God, our father and creator. Right here, right out the gate, God is our what? God is our refuge and our? Can we say that together? God is our refuge and strength. There is somebody right here, right now that needs to hear this. You are barely hanging on with whatever it is that's going on in life. Whatever chaos is happening in your heart, I could tell you all the things and, and show you all the things and listen to all the things, but this is gold. I'm pointing you to God Almighty, and he says, I am your refuge and your strength. Let's press into that word refuge for just a moment. The definition of refuge, a condition of being safe or sheltered from the pursuit, danger, or trouble. A condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Do any of you feel like you're being pursued right now? Do any of you feel like your, your, your heart and your soul is in danger? And that might play out into specifics. It might be financial. It might be your job situation. It, it may be a relationship, a marriage, or parenting, or your singleness, or, or, or uh, who knows? There's a plethora of things that could, could to fill in the blank there. But this passage says, God is your refuge. Many, many years ago, like 25 years ago, I was at the North American Christian Convention. They always started it off. If you came in a little bit early, you could golf, you know, do a little tournament. So I took advantage of that. It's in Illinois. 
and never been to that part of the, the country, and uh, golfing, beautiful afternoon, probably about two o'clock, and um, all of a sudden, clouds started to come in. Now, most of you from that part of our nation know where the story's going, but I'm born and raised in California, naive. So we're golfing, clouds come in, they come in in California too, like three times a year. And then rain. <laughs> you golf in rain. I've already paid the tea, you know, the tea, the, the green fees. I'm golfing. California, you golf in the rain all the time. But then there's this noise that happens. And then this thing kind of lights up the sky. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I've seen, uh, anyways. Thunderstorm. Golf. Well, I'm golfing with the former youth pastor, Darren Skates, and, and, and I think it's just him. I know who's the foursome in front of us on a par three. Matter of fact, Steve Cook, one of our members' uh, son-in-laws, uh, uh, Melba and Ted Sanchez's son, uh, son-in-law, is up there at the green, maybe 150 yards out. He's right by the flagpole. Boom. I'm 150 yards out. I get knocked to my rear end. Just this huge flash and this heat just knocked me down. I don't remember if Darren got knocked down or not, but I jump up and I'm lit. I'm scared to death. I run to the golf cart and I take off alone. (laughs) I leave Darren on the tee box. I'd like to say many years later, I turned around and picked him up. I don't know if that's true. We get to the clubhouse and all the guys are plastered up against the window. We come, are you guys the ones that were on the 12th tee or whatever? I don't remember what box it was. Yeah, yeah. What were you guys doing? Why didn't you come in? And it's like, we were golfing. Don't you know you're supposed to? No, otherwise we would have, you know? <laughs> Two years later, I'm at the North American. It was in Orlando. And I'm golfing all by myself one afternoon, 3 o'clock. Anyone been in Florida around 3 o'clock? I guess this happens all the time. Clouds come in and they get their afternoon rains and this day there was thunderstorms. But you know what was different? I had played golf in Illinois and experienced that. And when I was golfing on this course, I noticed all these huts. And I made a note of those little huts. So when the storm came in and the lightning started, I didn't keep playing, I found a hut. And they were called storm, I don't even know. We'll we'll call them storm huts. A place of what? Refuge. I knew where to go when the storm came. Brothers and sisters, do you know where to go when the storm has come? Don't stay out on the course with a nine iron up in the air. You will get struck. God has provided shelter for us, a place of refuge during health issues, during financial issues, during relational issues, during physical issues, spiritual, whatever it is, mental. God is our what, church? He is our refuge, and then he's our what? Strength. I'm not going to go all the details. I've shared this before. Um, This may come as a surprise, I don't work out. I know, some of you are like, how does he get that ripped? Not working. 
oh, Lord, I need to work out. But there's been moments in my life, have any of you guys had those moments? They come and go really quick. It's called signing that membership, and then you're there one day, and then you're done. But anyways, um, one time, uh, I was probably 19, guy from the church, big guy, uh, family fitness. You guys remember that? That's how long ago this was, the Sears, Fallbrook Mall, working out, probably 250 on my chest, you know, 125. <laughs> he needs to go to the restroom, and I'm, I'm like, he says, wait till I come back, and I'll finish. It got stuck here. Cute girl on the treadmill, right? Got an presser. I can't get this thing off. Now it's life or death. And I close my eyes and I go to push as hard as I can. Brad, Brad Lemon's here. Brad, remember Eric Zimmerman? Eric comes out of the restroom. I don't know this. I got my eyes closed. I'm pressing as hard as I can. And all of a sudden it's moving off my chest. I'm like, yes, I'm he, man. I look up and he's above me pulling it off my chest. <laughs> God wants to be a spotter for you. He wants to pull that heavy burden off of your chest. He wants to be your strength. Don't forget that. As we get to know God, we get to trust him more. That's the point of this beginning part. Do you know God? Which leads me to the second point, which is be still. We read it. Be still and know I am what? God. I want you to write that word down. Be still. And if you don't have paper and pen, will you write it on your heart and soul? Because those are two really important words for all of us. Be still. I don't know about you, but I'm not a person that likes to be still by nature. How about you? I like to be doing something. It's funny, you go and go on the, uh, out to dinner with all these couples, and it's funny. It is true that opposites attract, right? And oftentimes vacation um, philosophy comes up at the meal. And, and it's always one of them loves to go and do all the attractions, right? They love to go do and be on vacation. And the other one is like, you could just keep me in the hotel room or sit me by the pool with a nice cold drink, right? You know, there's that. Ooh, I got to be out there doing something. But I think there's something innate in us that feels that. So to be still is really hard for some of us. But for all of us, the call is to be still. Do you remember that question at the beginning? You know, how are you at the beach? How are you at home? I, you know, some of us, we just need all this distraction in our lives. You know why? Because it distracts us from who we are. Uh, I've been saying this for about the last year um, from the pulpit and, and, and in conversations in my office. Here's, here's my deep, profound statement. Where I go, there I am. Where I go, there I am. And so during this COVID season, 19 months, there's been a lot of fear. There's been a lot of distractions. There's been a lot of busyness. There's been a lot of people that have, have, are, are up and, and, and leaving and going. And, and that's fine and whatever. But one of the things I continually say is, the problem is you can go to Tennessee, you go to Texas, you can go to South Africa. The problem is you're still going to be there. Where you are, there you will be. But what we do is we like to stay really busy and keep noise out there so we don't have to deal with the real us. And I want to tell you something. You're amazing because God created you that way. Don't be afraid to find the real you. And there might be messy stuff there, but God is your refuge and strength to help you with the messiness. Amen? I am. Um, 
you talk about refuge and strength and being still. Uh, there are many, one of the parts of uh, ministry here at West Valley is we uh, minister to uh, West Hills Hospital. They don't have a chaplain or anything. So usually it's, uh, a, a not, it's usually a bad situation when we get called. It's, it's usually a hard one. And there's been many uh, over the years. And um, just hard is hard. And we rotate as pastors, you know, whoever's available and, and such. But there was one uh, many, many years ago where um, I got called. And um, they didn't give me much information, but they said, we need you now. And so I dropped whatever I was doing here, and I, I drive over, you know, it's only a two-minute drive. But it was unique because I got met by a nurse at the elevator. That never happens. And so she says, you're Pastor Rob? Yes. Uh, okay. And then we get in the elevator, and she debriefs me as we go up to the third floor. You know the third floor at West Hills Hospital? That's the babies. Babies are over there. And uh, she said this, this young mother had um, passed while giving birth. And um, I mean, they don't teach you this stuff in Bible college. Way in over my head. And I'm just begging God to be my refuge and my strength for me and then for this family. I open up the door and, and her husband's there and her mom is there and two grown children from, a, I think, a previous marriage and uh, two doctors that are just bawling. And it's just messy. And I step into that and I, I pray. And God allowed that room be, become a safe haven, a place of refuge and strength. And the reason I share that, and there's a lot that goes into this story, a lot more layers to it. But I give God praise for being our refuge and our strength. Don't you? You guys are facing situations where you're going up in an elevator and you have no flipping idea what you're facing. It's out of your league what you're facing maybe in this moment right now in your life. God's got you. I could do this, I think, because they know I love them to death. But um, Jay and Jill right over here, wave your hand. Love these guys. Very similar situation. That's how I met you guys. And uh, they give testimony to God being their refuge and their strength in difficult times. Amen? What I'm preaching is not easy stuff, but it's truth, isn't it? But if we're not still... We get caught up in the chaos and we have nothing to turn to. And one of the heartbreaking things is, you know, my son is a, a paramedic fireman um, down near UCLA. And uh, he got to go on the golf retreat. We were talking. I, I'm not one of those dads that wants to hear about his calls. His mom does. But I just get too involved and too messy and too sad. I mean, the stuff that kid sees is ridiculous. But um, he's like, yeah, dad, uh, the new thing is I'm probably pronouncing five to seven people dead a week from fentanyl overdose. And it's like, it's like we keep turning to all these other things other than God as our refuge and strength because we can't handle the mess. Are you hearing my heart? Brothers and sisters, again, there's someone in here that needs to hear this truth. God is our refuge and our strength. And the second point is be still and find that. 
You know, an article I read this week says there's three reasons for busyness. One is we have been conditioned to feel guilty whenever we are not productive. Number two is we sometimes prefer distractions to concentration when it comes to soul work. And that's what I just got done talking about, right? Let's just keep busy, busy, busy so we don't have to deal with this, (laughs) right? And the third reason for busyness is we've grown uncomfortable with any conditions that make us feel alone. So if we could always have noise in the background or something to do, then we don't have to be alone. Loneliness, loneliness is, is, is dangerous. Being alone is not. We need times of being alone, right? There's positives to being still. Number one is uh, listening overseeing, and then you could put perspective next to that. Listening overseeing. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Let me tell you about an illustration I came across this week. On a balmy October afternoon in 1982, Badger Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin was packed. More than 60,000 diehard University of Wisconsin fans were watching their football team take on Michigan State University. It soon became obvious that MSU had a better team. What seemed odd, however, as the score became more lopsided were the burst of applause and shouts of joy from the Wisconsin fans. It didn't make sense. Even though their team was being pummeled on the field by the opposing team, they were smiling and high-fiving each other and they were, uh, if, as if they were winning rather than losing. How could this be? It turned out that 70 miles away, the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in a game. Three, uh, uh, game three of 1982 World Series. Many of the fans in the stands were listening to their portable radios, responding to something other than what they saw on the field. Do I need to say anything, my friends? We are watching a game that looks like we're losing. We are watching pain and hurt and hatred and disunity and divisiveness all over the map. And we could watch that and that could be dictating our hearts and our minds and our soul. But you and I as Christ followers could be seeing one thing and hearing another and be celebrating because we get a different perspective when we're still and know he is God. I don't know what's going on out there, but I know God does, and he is still in charge. What happens when we're still, we get that perspective. We also get to sin in his lap. There is safety in God's lap. I came across a quote this week. I don't know who to give it to. There's no credit, but if it's good, give it to me. If it's not so good, give it to somebody else. People only feel comfortable being silent when they are in the presence of someone they are comfortable with. People are only feel comfortable in being silent when they're in the presence of somebody they're comfortable with, which led me to this. Am I comfortable with God? And if I'm comfortable with God, then I will be still with him. But if I'm not comfortable with God, maybe that's the problem of why I'm not gonna be still. Maybe there's all sorts of question marks that find themselves rooted in why I'm not hanging and being still with God. Maybe I'm angry with him. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm educated. Maybe I, I mean, if that's you, praise God, you're here. 
It's not a bad thing to have those questions or those feelings. It's just bad to choose to stay there. Are you comfortable with God? The only way you could be silent around God is if you're comfortable in his presence, right? I mean, we're that, why, I, I wouldn't hang out with someone I'm not comfortable with. Luke 10, 38 through 41. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat, who what? Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was, was what? Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things. Martha didn't know how to be what? She didn't know how to be still. And these weren't bad things. She just wanted to prepare. She wanted blah, blah, blah. But Jesus himself said, your sister's doing what's right. She's being still before me. I know you and I have things to do. But the most important thing is to be still before the Lord on a daily basis to continue to get to know him and to climb up into his lap. One of my greatest memories is when my older son drew, so it had to be about 25 years ago, it was during Christmas season, got the Christmas tree on, Drew's about two years old, Lisa's probably out shopping, Um, I'm on the love seat and the TV's facing this way and I've got It's a Wonderful Life on. My head's rested here, my feet up's on the other arm. And little Drew jumps up into my lap and just cuddles right on top of this chest. I put my arm on him and I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life. And yes, there's tears flowing. Even as a 23, 24-year-old at the time, it was amazing to have my child right there on my chest. I think God the Father is no different. Amen? He loves us to climb up on his lap, to hold us, knowing that it's a safe place and a place that can be trusted. Will you work on being still? The third point, or the third thing that happens when we're still, a positive thing, is there's no fear. Mark chapter four says that day, in verse 35, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion, which some of you still quote. Jesus took naps. Naps are biblical. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, what? Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the others, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know what my conclusion is, church? If he could quiet stormy waters, he could quiet your heart of fear. If he could call the water to be still, he could help you and I be still. Colossians 3, 2 and 4 
Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All of this is to point us towards Jesus. All of this is to point us towards our heavenly father that loves us to death. To give us perspective that whatever's going on out there, there's so much more that's going on in here through God and his refuge and being, a, being strength. As we wrap this up, God shows himself to us. We get to know him better. In the rest of this series, that's exactly what's gonna happen. We're gonna take a look at three of his Hebrew names. Next week, we're gonna focus, I think it's on El Shaddai. And what does that mean? And as we get to know God more, then we trust him more. And we're able to be still with him in greater ways. He is our refuge and strength. Be still, slow down, get to know him. Father, this is our prayer. Help us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.